Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. So do you know where we are right now? We are uh, in Boston. Right. We're on the sixth floor. Right. We're in a big empty loft, loft space. It's probably really expensive, but there's nobody here sitting in this room. And what else is it? It's the temporary interim headquarters for General Electric because General Electric is completely changing this neighborhood. And every business person we've talked to for the last year or so has been excited about this. Right. They broke ground, in fact, on their new headquarters, the new GE headquarters here in Boston just this week. We're going to talk about that with uh, the president of the GE Foundation, Anne Klee, in just a moment. First up, though, back to your top business stories, and let's get an update on today's trading session once again. Charlie Pellet. All right. Thank you very much, Carol Nessa. Thank you, Corey Johnson. 28 minutes to go ahead of that close on this Thursday. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all declining. And yes, this update is brought to you by National Realty. Managers of New York City cash flow real estate providing you 10 to 16% annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. Stocks lower, but losses have eased in afternoon trading as the rally in crude takes a barrel back close to $48. Uh, West Texas Intermediate now at $47.77, higher by nine-tenths of one percent. Treasuries rose with gold as tepid earnings raise new doubts about the strength of the American consumer. Case in point, Macy's, a topic we were just talking about. Macy's shares down now by 17.1%. Nordstrom, after the bell, its shares lower now by 7.4%. As for the big investment picture, Dennis Gartman is an economist, editor and publisher of the Gartman Letter. He was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Surveillance. The difference, I think, between pros and amateurs is that pros will buy new highs. Amateurs are always trying to buy new lows. This is not a business. I've said this time and time again. This is not a business of buying low and selling higher. This is a business of buying high and selling higher. This is a business of being of shorting something that's already made a new low because in all likelihood it shall go even lower. European stocks ended a two-day advance as Bank of England Governor Mark Carney said the institution has not planned for a disorderly Brexit. The Monetary Policy Committee also kept its benchmark interest rate at a record low, 0.25%. The 10-year up 4.30 seconds, yield there 2.39%. Gold up $7 the ounce to 12.26, up 6 tenths of 1%. S&P down 6, down 3 tenths of 1%. The Dow down 2 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ also down 2 tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pallet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much. We're counting you down to the closing bell just 26 minutes away. Brought to you by Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. Save money and get a free gift card every trip. Use code BUSINESS and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. This is Bloomberg. We bring good things to live in. Well, this ain't your grandmother's GE anymore. This is a different GE. Uh, Ann Klee joins us right now as the president of the GE Foundation, which is based in Boston right now. And uh, the changes that GE has is, is, has wrought or is, is ringing in this neighborhood. Um, is that the right word, Carol? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, the changes happening in this, in this part of Boston, in the city of Boston, are reflective, I think, of the changes at GE itself. So, Ann, I'm glad to have you join us because, uh, I, I, you know, when I, t- when I talk to Jeff Immelt, when we hear what GE is doing, it's a very different business than it was even 10 years ago. 
Yes, thank you, Corey. I'm delighted to join you and Carol this afternoon. It is absolutely a very different company from, from what it was 10 years ago as we're transforming to a digital industrial company. And the new headquarters, both the interim space that you're sitting in in Farnsworth and our new GE Innovation Point that we broke ground on on Monday, um, is a reflection of that. This was about changing our culture and transforming and being more collaborative, agile, nimble, much more like a startup. You said, um, and a little bit paranoid. You said digital industrial. I, I normally would say, what the yeah. heck is that? But I actually know. But I will, just for the fun of it, what the heck is digital industrial? That's like an oxymoron. This is the internet of very big things, right, Anne? This is, this is marrying the internet of very big things, um, with products, with big pieces of equipment. So if you think about, uh, the internet of the industrial internet and digital industrial company. It's about marrying a 125 year old company, GE, that manufactures things that spin, aircraft engines, uh, heavy duty gas turbines with data analytics and, um, uh, software to optimize performance of our products and our customer systems. So we can take um, information from, you know, by 2020, we will be managing 1 million terabyte, terabytes of data every day from 50 million sensors and data elements uh, on our products and using that to improve energy efficiency, fuel burn, performance, uh, increase uh, reliability. All of that saves our customers money and improves the, the performance of their entire systems, you know, an entire power plant, for example. And talk to us about being here in Boston because I think about the old GE headquarters and, uh, you know, in Connecticut and then just driving around here at the seaport and this whole area. It's, it's like, it's just a whole other world. Why was it important for you guys to kind of physically, geographically be somewhere else beyond whatever other issues, tax breaks and all that other good stuff? But I mean, why was it important to be here in Boston? The fundamental driver for our our decision to move the corporate headquarters was really about that transformation to being a digital industrial company. We we wanted to change our culture, and we needed our new headquarters to reflect that. So in Fairfield, we were on a beautiful 60-acre suburban campus, 1970s traditional buildings. You walked through the corridors. We called it carpet land, um, really quiet, hushed, not very dynamic and exciting. Our new headquarters, or even our new temporary space, open space, it's collaborative, it's energizing, people work together, it's much faster, and it's the kind of culture that we needed to drive to be able to, to, to make, you know, Boston the, industri- the epicenter of the industrial internet. We're surrounded by an innovation economy, more mm-hmm. R&D in Boston than anywhere else in the country, lots of startups, venture capital, that, that feeling of excitement when you walk out the door, there are lots of smart people around you, and we all want to be a little bit paranoid that they're a little bit smarter than us, and they're going to they're gonna drive us to be better, and we can partner with them. It so like it, was, describing it was wanting to be in – sorry, go ahead. Well, it's urban. It's, it's a city. Uh, it's 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 a city, but it's dynamic. And Boston is a city that has um, a technologically fluent workforce, 55 universities, 500,000 students. You know, again, that startup community. It's it's not a city like anywhere else in the world. And and Jeff has talked about, you know, this is one of the oldest cities in the country, one of the oldest companies in the country coming together 
to create the jobs of the future and so, the economy of the future. All right. The billion-dollar question got 10 seconds. Is, is Are you, anybody going to have an office? Uh, it will be open space. There will be a few offices uh, for yeah. uh, Jeff and the leadership team, but everybody else is open space with stand-up desks working together as a team. I love it. It's definitely a different era. Ann Clee, thank you for finding time for us. President at the GE Foundation, based in Boston, joining us on the phone on this Thursday. This is Bloomberg. Let's get to Nathan Hager with local world and national news headlines in our nation's capital in our 99.1 studios. Thanks, Corey. President Trump says he had already made up his mind to fire FBI Director James Comey even before he asked for Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein's input. In a one-on-one interview with NBC News, the president also stood by his contention. Comey told him three separate occasions that he was not under investigation. I know that I'm not under investigation. Me, personally. I'm not talking about campaigns. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm not under investigation. But acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe is promising the Bureau's investigation into Russian election meddling and possible collusion with the Trump campaign will go on even with Comey no longer at the helm. Simply put, sir, you cannot stop the men and women of the FBI from doing the right thing, protecting the American people, and upholding the Constitution. And McCabe promised to tell the Senate Intelligence Committee if there is any effort to interfere with that investigation. The White House is said to be finalizing a budget that balances within 10 years. GOP officials on Capitol Hill say details are subject to change, but they rely on rosy growth projections and new rounds of cuts to Medicaid and food stamps. The budget's expected out the week of May 22nd. President's trillion-dollar infrastructure plan could be derailed till next year. Senate Commerce Chair John Thune says other priorities are taking precedence. That leaves them to kind of look at the calendar and see that there's not a lot of room left, especially if they're going to do tax reform. At at one point, there was discussion of maybe including the infrastructure project in tax reform, but now the administration has made it clear they want those two to be separate. It's Bloomberg BNA's Sean Courtney. Global news powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.